Hear the word of God from the book of Acts 2, 42 through 47, located on page 886 in the Pew Bible. They've devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread in the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread and at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added their number to those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It means that you're talking to God. It's talking to God. God wants to know what's happening with us. He's concerned. To pray to God. It means I get to talk to God for a minute or two. To talk to Jesus. It means like you're talking to God and God can hear you. And he wants to know how we're doing. To thank God. To thank God. I pray for my friend when he was sick. My health, our family. I thank God for the blessings and all the food and water. Sometimes if I'm struggling, I ask him to help me. For loving people. My pets and toys and food. Like what we eat and how God blessed us with clothes. Love. Don't go to the principal's Um. Pretty much everything. <laughs> Well, I think we can all relate to that, both now, past, and present, um, whether we are old or young. Uh, kids, today sit together Sunday, so we have several of our children here with it. Kids, can you relate to some of those prayer requests that those kids offered up? Yeah? Are those sometimes things that you might pray for? Yeah? So those are some of the things I think we as grown-ups pray for, too. And for some cases, sometimes the principal office looks a little bit different, but kind of same thing in theory. <laughs> Well, um, today is Kids Sit Together Sunday, and during a Sunday morning live, our kids have the opportunity to pray together. And one of the ways in which they uh, get to pray together is they have their own prayer cards. And in your bulletins, you'll see these prayer cards that they have. Um, and kids, you might have gotten one as well when you came in. And on it, you can write down your prayer request. But I love this, because on the back side, you could also draw your prayer request instead. And so I invite all of you kids, you can do this while I talk. You have free permission. If you have colors, you can do that as well. Grown-ups, you do as well. I'm going to trust we can do two things simultaneously at the same time. You can take these, place them in the offering plate as they go along, or you can take them home and share them and pray together as a family. And parents, we're going to do a little bit of something with this a little bit uh, uh, later on, but... Um, this is one of the ways in which we join together with our children to pray here at, at Hyde Park. 
And throughout our worship series, we've been looking at what it looks like to live out this life of faith, united in the love of God and then called to make that love real. And today, we're, we're looking at the text um, that was read. And this text is one in which the early community uh, devoted themselves around a set of, of spiritual practices in which they responded to living into a spirit-filled life. And so I thought, let's take a look at this text for a moment. Um, we find ourselves in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Now, it is very early. It is in the beginning of the formation of the church. I mean, the disciples had been gathering together. They had learned from Christ. They had followed his teaching. And then they, they experienced both his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. As a matter of fact, Peter had just preached his first sermon message. That is the, the preceding verses to this passage. Peter preached the gospel message, and upon hearing it, Scripture tells us, many experienced the forgiveness of sins, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit in their life. It's the story of, of Pentecost that we celebrate when the Spirit fell upon all of these believers and many were added to their name. One commentary noted, in its immediate context, this story is both the climax of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but it is also the narrative heading for the following chapters as we see the unfolding of the early faith community. And so in these verses, we, we get a description of the activity of these new believers, this community of faith, as they were shaping their lives together. As one writer put it, the dispositions and practices exhibited the character of God's work of liberation and restoration. For as this community gathered together and, and practiced these, these elements together, they as individuals experienced liberation and restoration, and as a community, they experienced liberation and, and restoration. And so as I looked at this passage, as we look at it together, there are some practices that just lift themselves up right off the page. So let's take a look at it for a moment. Now, one thing I want to say is this is a description of the early church life. It's not a prescription. It's meant to inspire us, to draw us into what it looks like and can look like when we live out a spirit-filled life. So what do we see? Well, first... I think we can see that this was a community that was built on the foundation of repentance in Christ. The believers had accepted Peter's message. I mean, he had just preached this amazing sermon to thousands of people. And they had experienced the forgiveness of their sins. And they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had freed themselves from whatever was separating them. They had heard the gospel message that Christ had died for their sins and that they could be forgiven and open themselves up to receive the Spirit at work in their lives. Scripture tells us, so those who welcomed the message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were added that day. So this community was built on a foundation of faith, 
And it was also a community that was built around the teaching of the apostles. It tells us that they gathered together and they learned together. They were a community willing to learn. They desired it. And as they learned, they also gathered together in fellowship. Now, Scripture tells us that they gathered together in fellowship. And in the Eastern community, uh, fellowship was a, a common practice of eating together. And it was a symbol that they were community. When they gathered together and they broke bread together, it was a representation of being community, of, of living life together. Now, there can be some debate among scholars as to whether the Lord's Supper was practiced during this time or not. But the scripture tells us it broke bread. They met daily, and they may or may not have included the Lord's Supper, but that communal sense of gathering together around a family meal and breaking bread together, that was the symbol of community. That was the symbol of unity. And so that was what they experienced as they lived out that life of faith together. The, the fourth, third thing, or the fourth thing that we see here is that there was this spirit of joyous caring. Scripture tells us that they, they cared with gladness, but there was also this generosity of spirit. They were a generous community. And there is this sense of, of communal sharing. And while we're not really certain on how that really unfolded or what that fully looked like in the context of that church, um, as one writer put it, while today such a communal structure may feel like it's beyond most of us, practical care towards each other is certainly within our grasp. I mean, that's what we experience here, that, that generous giving together, that giving of our, of our time the sharing of our talents and the giving of our resources. That's what, what we experience when we live in community together, isn't it? And that's what we're talking about as we live through this series of being united, being devoted in the life of, of following God and sharing that which we have. And so the community was built on this foundation. They gathered together and they learned they gathered together in fellowship. They shared generously and joyfully. And they were also a community that prayed together. They were a praying community. And as they prayed together, they sought out God's will for their life, not just individually, but as a community. And as such, they responded to it. And so here we have this community of faith responding to the Spirit at work in their life. And as they did, as they opened themselves up to the Spirit of God working in their lives, it resulted in the amazing way in which they got to join in God's redemptive work to heal the world. You see it in the following verses. They're opening themselves up and coming together allowed them as a community of faith to, to not only find healing within themselves, but healing for others as they joined what God was doing in the world. Over the last week, I was reflecting on this passage, and I was wondering, can we see that in our life today? I mean, could this be real for us today? Or have we just gotten too cynical? I mean, come on, thousands of people were added to the number. But you know, 
I think it can happen today. As a matter of fact, I think it still does happen today when we as a community gather together and open ourselves up to the Spirit of God at work in our lives. I mean, think about the Wesley brothers, our Wesleyan heritage. Here were these brothers, two Anglican priests, who gathered together with a, a small group of friends because they recognized the way in which they lived out their lives was both not um, strengthening their life of faith, nor was it inviting others to join with them. And so what did they do? They gathered together. They met. They broke bread. They shared their faith. They wrestled with issues of faith. They served others. They went to the prisons and the hospitals. And as they did, they invited others to join with them. And what happened? Well, many were added to their number. I choose to believe that this passage is not just a story about what happened a long time ago, but it's a story about what God can do and is doing in and through the life of faithful people, even in our cynical and overdriven society. I mean, think about it. These, these people were filled with the Spirit of God in their life. And when they met together and they prayed, they broke bread, they shared their stuff with each other, God did some amazing things in and through them, right? Well, if I look over the last several weeks, we've been hearing these stories. These stories of men and women here and the way in which they open themselves up to the Spirit of God in their life. God's been doing some amazing things in them and through them. I mean, John and Esther... They talked about how as they gather together as a couple and they, they, they walk this devotional life together, it has strengthened them. It strengthened their faith and their marriage. And, and they are finding new ways to serve God and join together with others in the ministry downtown. Jack and Linda, a couple who have been devoted to sharing a life with God wherever they live, said when they came here to this place, they were inspired by a young couple who encouraged them to expand their generosity and giving. Mariah and Pat, they shared how serving God has shaped their life and it strengthened their faith with a spirit of hope and peace and joy as they found serving others a way to experience the love of God in their life right now. And what about Michael? Anybody was here last week? Michael was our young youth. Here is a youth who has grown up in this church. The devoted life of this church through children and youth, he told how it shaped him, how through the prayer and the, the breaking of bread and the teaching here has molded and shaped him, and it shaped him so much that Sunday just isn't enough, and during the weekdays, he's joined Fellowship for Christian Athletes so that he can experience and deepen his faith walk right now while he is in school. Wow, I think of these stories, they, they remind me of what it means that this text is a living document. Because when we live it, we live God's love and grace out in our lives and in this world. And they inspired me. They inspired me to ask, so, Deb, where are you growing in your spiritual life? What spiritual practice do you need to take hold of to deepen your relationship with me? And it also had me ask the question, what's getting in my way, right? 
What do I need to let go of that's getting in the way of deepening my life of faith, both personally but also together as a community? These stories inspired me. And let me say this about the spiritual life. When we look about these spiritual practices, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Jesus never asked us to be perfect. Jesus invited us to participate in practices. I mean, think about it. God called the most, even the most flawed human beings to be a part of God's ministry to mold and shape this world. He invited them just as they are, but he invited them to participate in the spiritual life, the holy life of joining together with God in this world. The other thing about spiritual devotion is it's not an antidote for suffering or pain. We outlive this human life, right? And in this human life, there is loss and there is pain. But these spiritual practices, when we do them individually and when we do them together as a community, they can be a strength of hope and support and love for one another when we experience those times in our lives, those struggles and those pains. These spiritual practices can be a source of encouragement. They can be a source of strength. And they can remind us that we are not alone. For there is a God who loves us and is beside us along the way. So, what might some spiritual devotional practices look like? Well, as we gathered together, as we were talking about this as a staff over the last several weeks, we came up with, I'd say, our top five. And here's our top five. First off, there is the upper room devotional for those of you who like to read devotionally. You can go online to the Upper Room Devotional website, the Upper Room website, and you can take a look at devotions. Now, for those of you who are more auditory in nature, there is a website called Pray As You Go. It is a 10-minute prayer service, and what it does is it has some beautiful music, it reads scripture, and then it asks some reflecting questions as you pray, about 10 minutes in length. Now, for those of you who like to write, in your bulletin is the discipleship journal. That's in your bulletin every week. And there you can take that out. The scriptures follow along with the scripture readings that we are preaching on in our sermon series. And you can use those as a devotional time each week. Also, in your bulletin today, you find these prayer sheets. These prayer sheets are ways in which you can, can pray together as a family, in a small group, or with some friends. You can draw out your prayers. You can write out your prayers. And as you gather together, you can pray together. All of those are ways in which you can develop your devotional life personally and individually. But there are also ways in which you can participate collectively together as a community. For all of these can be done in small group. They all can be done with a group of friends around a meal, at, at dinner, or out at a restaurant. Or it can be done at a table with your children, your grandchildren. And there's one other one, and that's the candle of hope. Roger mentioned that in his new newsletter. It's a, a candle, and it's surrounded by barbed wire. And it's a beautiful history about what this candle of hope means in South Africa. But he wrote this. He said, while the story of the origins of this candle is written large on the candle, the canvas of the darkness of the apartheid, 
and the pages of each of our lives are stories of peace and hope and justice that need to be shared. Our simple suggestion that we might find ways to use this is when you sit down at a meal, whether that's with your family, maybe it's a group of friends, but invite each one of the, those gathered around that table to share may an area of their life that they may find a struggle or pain. And then go around the table and added to that can be celebrations of the way in which you've seen light shine through darkness in your week. Where are those joys, those celebrations that you might share? And then someone can light the candle. Offer up a blessing. And together, in community, we can share stories of peace and hope and love and justice. Now, these candles, you can buy these candles over in the bookstore. Uh, They're $20. There's a limited number, um, but they're there in the bookstore. Or you can take a candle from home and, and use the symbolism and illustrate that together. But you see, when we pray together, we open ourselves up to the Spirit of God working in our lives. And when we do this, we are open to the possibilities of, of how God might, how we might join God in the redemptive work to, to heal the world, to heal our city. And as I mentioned earlier, there are, this passage actually comes right after baptism. This, this passage comes right after a baptism where the people have opened themselves up to hearing the message of the forgiveness of sins, to opening themselves up to the Spirit of God at work. And so I thought we would close with a, a closing prayer, but I wanted to see if there were some kids that would help me out with this closing prayer. And so um, I'm going to ask you guys to come on down here. Um, growing up, when I grew up um, in the church, whenever we did a baptism, come on down, kids. Come down right here. Come on. You know, kids, come on, come, come on down. When I grew up in the church, any kids that are sitting here, you can come on down. Youth can come down too because you're going to help me pray. We're going to do something with everybody. Okay, I got two here who are, who are participants with me. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. When I was growing up as a kid, what they did at baptism is they had a bucket and they had water and they would sprinkle it on everybody, right? I know, right? And then what you did is you felt the water and you could remember your baptism. Well, I couldn't get my hands on these buckets because wouldn't that have been fun to run around and do? that? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, well, that, that didn't get them. So I thought we'd do something different, kind of be symbolic. So you want to do this with me? Okay, because you see, there's something about when kids pray with you and kids pray for you. One of my professors said, that's the community gathering together. I mean, what is it that Jesus said? Let the little children come to me, right? For theirs is the kingdom of God. So you guys are going to help all of us close in prayer as a community together, right? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Now, come right on over the side. I want you to dip your hands in the water. Okay, we're not going to sprinkle it, but dip your hands in. Now, you're going to turn around. Everybody stand up here. You go ahead and stand up. I want you to open your palms up and receive this. Ready? Stand, one, two, three, and you're going to take your hands and you're just going to shake them out there as if they're going to get all the water and repeat after me. Ready? Go and shake and say, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. And be thankful, for God loves you. Amen. Now we're not done. I want us to turn around. Let's grab hands. I want grown-ups, I want you to grab hands with one another. And we are going to pray together. 
the Lord's Prayer. But we're going to follow along with the video on the screen and let the children lead us. So watch up here. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. And now let us join together in celebrating our tithes and our offerings this morning.